0: Hey there, it's full the Fully Live Athlete Pastor channel. Again, this is day 46 of the Online Bible Reading Club, Justin speaking. We're going to be looking at Leviticus 17 and 18, and we're also going to be looking at Matthew 27, 26 through 50, I believe it is. Yeah, 27 through 50. So, all right so looking at uh this uh section of leviticus the new section of the book it's the holiness code or the kadosh uh meaning set apart uh uncommon unique distinct israel's principle of life is to be holy other unique people because god's holy the whole nation's going to be holy and different now you got to be you got to think about that if you're going to be a god worshiper of yahweh jesus Uh, the Holy Spirit, if you're going to be a worshiper of this God, the biblical God, that's going to set you in opposition to the rest of the world. You're going to have a different way of life than the world. And so you're going to think about this. And and so the first way you're going to see that you're going to be different is you're not going to engage in weird weird religious sacrifices like taking goats and then drinking their blood as worship. You're not going to do those things. And you might look at Leviticus 17 and be like, check I got that one I am righteous look at me I am doing great I'm avoiding all the pagan worship rituals like a champ and all those forbidden things in chapter 17 yep but when you get to chapter 18 oh boy here where the gloves come off so trigger warning here if you don't like gospel go ahead and turn the video off if you hate the gospel go ahead and turn it off well because that's what we're triggered by actually we don't we, we like we are fine with sexual content. We we embrace it. We we are we as a, a world uh, eat this up and we buy it. But we do not like the gospel content. So if you're going to be triggered by the gospel, go ahead and turn it off. It's going to get ugly. You're not going to like it. Look at, look at what it says here. Um, God's going to forbid the people to uh, to do the Egyptian and Canaanite practices, uh, which are very different than them. What, namely, uh, prohibitions against incest, uh, sexual relationships with people in your family. There, there is. What about child sacrifice? No, we're not going to do that. Forget about abortion. We're not going to do child sacrifices either. Uh, we're not going to do homosexuality. Look at verse 22. People hate this verse, 18 22 of Leviticus. Uh, right there next to it is bestiality. All right, that's sex with animals. This is where they're coming from. This is the culture they live in. This is is what God says. You're not going to be allowed to do this. The only allowable sex is between a husband and a wife in a marriage. It's the covenant glue that holds them together. It it pictures this one flesh union that they have committed to one another. Okay, so everything else defiles the land and causes God to judge the land. Uh, God responds with, uh, wrath against such things when you misuse the gift. All right, so nothing probably divides uh, the culture and the church probably more than the view on sex. Now, I would argue that that's a secondary thing, actually. Uh, what really divides us is we believe in one absolute and personal God and three persons uh, who is named Jesus and whom salvation Is found alone that's actually what divides us but uh, we're fools and we think that the most important thing is how we relate sexually and it is important don't get me wrong we're to be holy but but what really sets us apart is who do we worship and the reason who we worship determines actually what we look like and how we do things in life so yeah if we do not worship the Lord we might worship things like sex Um, so I heard one time that, uh, you know, like, wh- why would God be uh, concerned about these things? Because this is something between uh, a person, and another person, you know, with consent and, and in his, own or his or her own bedroom and, and no one's getting hurt by this, right? Why would, why would the Bible speak to these aspects of who we are? Well, the, the answer is, is that what goes on between you and, the, and nobody else even, you know, in who you are alone, that's who you are. And what God is is holy and you're to be holy I'm to be holy the Bible speaks of these aspects because these are important Uh, it makes application of truth to touch every area of our life the Bible is sufficient to give us guidance for every area of our life culture tells us what's the big deal we say everything is a big deal everything every little detail matters Um, so when we think we, we tend to get embarrassed of talking about these issues but uh, when we're talking about taking how we relate to God seriously, um, sexually, sexually seriously, it's a big deal because if we exclude that area of life from the examination of God's Word, we're going to have less of a heart for God. Think about this. And in, in Luke seven, there's a sinful woman that comes into the presence of Jesus and and weeps over his feet and 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 just praises him and then the, the people in the house who are hosting the party are like if he knew who that was he would not let her touch him and what happened was is jesus had forgiven her of her sins he said your sins are forgiven and he explains to the people who are scoffing at this at his relationship to this woman as a, as a savior to her where, where he says look think about if you've been forgiven a lot you will love a lot if you just been forgiven just a little bit You'll love little. So your heart gets bigger the more you realize you are forgiven. Now, when we think about our sin sexually, no one can stand up and say, "I'm righteous. I've kept it all perfectly. I've done it all." um, This 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 gospel is for somebody else out there. If we examine what we've done, now Jesus says, "Hey, you think it might be just you know these external." Uh, ways of dealing with sex that you may have mastered and you may have not transgressed in some of the ways that other people have. Well, he says if you've looked lustfully at a person uh, with lust in your heart to to possess them, then you have committed adultery in your heart. And as you think about that, none of us can stand. If we look at and examine our lives, none of us can stand and, and say, I am righteous. Sinning sexually, we get that it's a huge deal. That's what these people said they look at this woman she's she's a terrible sinner we ought to examine and scrutinize our, our our thoughts words and deeds sexually and look at them and see just how heinous we have broken heinously we've broken the law as you consider that you see that we all ought to be brought up on charges we ought to be brought up and and, and when you think about how the people dealt with this in leviticus it says you should be stoned you should be murdered for this you should be killed for the for the breaking of these commands what did the people try to do in john eight the pharisees tried to bring up a woman and file charges against her and say hey she's an adulterer and jesus looks at him and says hey whoever's without sin cast the first stone you see that they left her and then and then so we deserve to be bruised for our sins but jesus does not call us all to be bruised he gives us. And once we've we've seen that He's the one who's bruised, as Isaiah 53 says, He was bruised for our iniquities, crushed for our transgressions for our sake, then we listen. And what does he say? Go and sin no more. So we don't start out with a posture of go and sin no more without a gospel. The gospel is prior to the go and sin no more. Our posture towards a world that is wrapped up in in making deviant sexual behavior acceptable and permissible and celebrated, we don't start out with just saying, hey, stop that. We start out with the gospel, the true gospel. This is what no one wants to hear. No one wants to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as you think about that and you move over to Matthew 27, 27 through 50, you see that Jesus has been whipped the soldiers have stripped him naked and they put on a robe, a king's robe for him and given him a, a scepter to hold and they mock him and they, they bow down to him as the so-called king and they, and they give him a crown of thorns. And you think about when the first curse happened, Genesis 3, it says, the ground will be cursed and it will bear thorns for you. You're by the sweat of your brow, you'll work, work will be hard and it won't actually pay off like you want it to. You're going to bear thorns. And that's what we bear when we take sex and we worship it, and we and we say we gotta we gotta do it our way. It actually doesn't fulfill us as we wish it would. It's it's cursed. It can't do what we wish it would. And that's what Jesus is. What's placed on Jesus' head? A crown of thorns. A crown of curse. He becomes the curse that we might become the righteousness of God. And isn't that interesting? As he's bearing the curse, what is he doing? Well, they, they nailed him to the cross. And there are soldiers who are gambling for his garments. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is the gospel. My, I wasn't there. I didn't crucify him. But my sin is the curse that he wore and bore that put him on the cross so that I could be forgiven. He will not break the bruised reed. He will not crush us, as Matthew twelve twenty says, because he has been crushed already for me. There is no crushing left for me. In his being crushed, he crushes the head of the serpent, our enemy, who accuses us. Because any even any sexual sinner can in Christ be forgiven and washed clean, so that Satan has no accusation against you anymore. He, Jesus here is broken, bruised, beaten for our forgiveness for our sexual sins and now we can follow god's design for sex not being slaves any longer to sin we're set free prior to knowing christ all we can do is follow sin follow what feels good let's do it well jesus yielded up his spirit in in 27 verse 50 dying in order that one day we would receive his spirit and that way by the power of his spirit we have a new man, a new life in us, a new heart, that we can obey him. Not, just because, actually because we want to, we desire to, because we know a Lord like that. A God who's been broken for us, bruised for us. And our, our sexual identity will not, uh, will not be the thing that we will cling to and try to rebel against God, try to normalize uh, a deviant sexual behavior uh, any longer because we have been washed we have been cleansed, we have been accepted by the bruising of Christ for our real sins, all of them, and that we bear them no more because he bore the curse. That is the gospel. All right, with that said, if you're watching this far, like it, share it, comment questions, let me know in the, in the, in the comments below, and hit the subscribe button and notifications, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening, and I hope this has been helpful. Keep reading the Bible.